I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, April 20th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon, hosting alongside Jarrett McKenzie. That's right. Glad to be back. There we go. It's been a little while. It, it's it's been, a been a minute. Yeah. We also have Justin Wagner on with us today. And uh, he's been on one time prior. He uh, works in our 401k division. He, he talks with a lot of businesses and, uh, and the uh, participants in 401k plans, which there are a whole lot of folks that fall into that category, whether you invest directly in the markets with a brokerage account or an IRA or something like that. Most everybody has got access to a 401k plan. So uh, Justin is, is a, a one of, of two in that division. Uh, Scott Brown uh, and and Justin work quite a bit in uh, in those sorts of plans. So, yep. cool. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, then there's Jared. I know Justin, you got a designation <laughs> behind your name before we get to Jared. I try to prolong yeah. this as much as yeah. possible. <laughs> what what is that uh, designation you have, Justin? AIF. It's an AIF, and that it's means accredited investment fiduciary. All right. Fiduciary. You know what? That is uh, a lot of folks don't understand it, but anybody that's a trustee on a 401k plan understands that they have uh, really a legal obligation to uh, to the participants within the plan, and uh, quite often that's overlooked. And most times they don't understand what their fiduciary role is. Right. And it's... It's my job. It's our job to make sure they understand. Yeah, and probably the biggest piece of that fiduciary relationship is the fact that they need to make sure that our, there are enough. Um, it's it's one of the majors, but there are enough uh, mutual funds uh, that will allow an individual with a 401k plan to be diversified properly. Right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So. Got to make sure that there's a little bit of bonds and uh, bond exposure, equity exposure. You want to get some international, maybe even emerging markets. Uh, You don't see too much as far as commodities or stuff like that in a a plan like that. No, I tell you, a lot of our plans have it just so we can further diversify it, but it's not a necessity. And it's not often used, I would imagine. That's correct. And then there's target date funds, which is probably the biggest default these days. There will be a balance to maybe even a, a couple of strategic uh, allocations, meaning those strategic allocations are either aggressive or conservative. Target risk, right? Yeah. And then, uh, then they then they get into the target date, right. which means you know if I'm retiring in 2030, then I pick the 2030 plan. Uh, and we can both are becoming that. extremely popular, just because most people don't know how to allocate on their own. So those have become a pretty big catch-all. In mm. Yeah, and one of the other things is in the past, I know there's been either a balanced fund or sometimes even just 
like a cash mm-hmm. fund or a, a very short uh, maturity bond type fund that would be the default on a plan. But these days, the default is more likely to be one of the target date funds that matches the the uh, retirement year or expected retirement year of the individual. Closest uh, age sixty five. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's uh, that's all. About Justin, and I guess we probably ought to talk about Jared. Nah. Jared loves to talk about Jared. No, no, no. Not on, not on the radio. No? No. Oh, are you going to be quiet today? Well, that'd be quite a turn. <laughs> well, i gotta give, I got to give our friend here some airtime. You know, we don't want to. It's a second show. we got to bring him, bring him in full circle. There we Last go. Last time broke the ice. Oh, oh is, is it three? Is it my, is it wow. my third? Okay. Wow. Okay. I must have missed Justin one. Don't, don't I knew, I knew we were on here before. We must have but, slept uh, through. I don't have many trips up yeah. here to Kennesaw too often. So. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, right. Justin's in our. Welcome our to Kennesaw. Thanks. office. There we go. So, Jared, you are a CFP and a CWS. Is there anything else? Not for now. So CWS is a certified wealth strategist. That's right. And the CFP, they've been advertising quite a bit on the television lately. They have. I'm 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 glad to see my uh, annual uh, certification <laughs> fee being put to good <laughs> use. Your dues are being <laughs> used. I, no kidding. This weekend I, I was flipping channels, and I, when I turned the channel, it was the end of a CFP commercial. Went to the very next one. And the CFP commercial was on. How about that? It was, I'm like, wow. I yeah. need to write them, write them a uh, email and let them know. Well, you can always Pretty give them an extra donation if uh, oh, if that's in your financial plan. I know. I know. What, and one see, day I will, but with five kids. We know, don't see you know. too many AIF commercials on TV yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, you know what, though? And, and I do. Uh, I am a CFA charter holder. Yeah. And I have been seeing some There's CFA more more commercials. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get the word out. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great designation. Very difficult mm-hmm. to, yeah. to achieve. Um, but uh, I have noticed that they're trying to get the word out more for the CFA mm-hmm. charter as well. So um, as they should. I mean, they're important for us, but even more so for the public because without them, it, you know, not uh, while there are guidelines and and things that the you know our regulators put in place to make sure that people working in this industry are knowledgeable about it. That's not to say that their interests are aligned with yours, and and especially you know as a as a consumer that is right. But you know, I, I think that these for the public's uh, part, anyways, are, are good for them. So that not only do you, are you working with someone that knows what they're doing, whether it be on the 401k side or the individual side, but you know you've also got someone that you know has met a certain standard and is going to be able to address the needs that you have. So sure. there's a lot of people that work in this industry that don't have CFAs. Uh, they don't have any designation. Just because you're a financial planner yeah. doesn't mean you're a CFP. No and that's what a lot of our clients yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. Right. most definitely. All right, well, uh, since we're here, why don't we talk a little bit about the stock market? Yeah, there's a couple things going on lately, right? Yeah, well... Uh, Still on quite as, the start I, to the year? Yeah, no doubt. As uh, as I always say, the market's going to be up from week to week. I'm not always right, but most of the time I am. Why? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the market's usually up for yeah. a week. And, uh, what this, is it, two-thirds this past, roughly? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah, two out of three days. Mm. So... Uh, the uh, the the market has expanded a little bit over the past week, almost half a percent. Um, it hasn't been thoroughly across the board, but um, it is earnings season, so that's starting to have a little bit of an impact. Next week will be huge for earnings. Uh, I think almost 20 percent of the S&P 500 uh, will report earnings in the in the next week. Wow! So uh, be worth watching for sure. Uh, the market this week was up 0.49 percent. Uh, led by financials, strangely enough, 3.47% on financials. Uh, industrials was second, 2.5%, with uh, communication services up 1.86%. Um, in the basement, we had health care, 
what in the world's going on with healthcare? Down 6.4%. It's getting kicked around. Um, real estate down 3%. Utilities down 0.36%. So um, those um, those more cyclical names have risen to the top in the last few days, uh, while the uh, more interest rate sensitive have fallen. What does that usually tell you? Interest rates are probably up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, those bond proxies, like a utilities, um, a utility company is is going to be uh, the price goes down with the with yields going up. So, um, what not, do we know from the the latest from the Fed as far as expectations for the remainder of 2019 and the interest rates? Yeah, we I mean, we got a little news out of the Fed this week uh, from their beige book, but it was really just talking about growth and, and growth. There are some spots where there is a little bit of growth. But it's, it was flat uh, from previous meetings um, and, and uh, doesn't really show huge signs of uh, economic growth at the moment. But what the Fed has said is probably not going to expect anything for the rest of the year, uh, 2019. As far as rate increases as far or as decreases. Rate, yeah, they said they're going to be accommodative. They actually want to see in, uh, inflation rise a little bit. They'd like to see it closer to their 2% target. Uh, we're at about 1.6 right now. Um, even the uh, PCE deflator, which is what they use, it's kind of associated with GDP. At least it comes out at the same time that report uh, is released, and it's about 1.6 as well as what's expected. So <clears throat> been around 1.7, 1.6 for, for a little while now, a few months. Um, and uh, they'd like to see inflation increase. Usually inflation increases as growth increases. Uh, so that's what they're trying to do, uh, just be accommodative to the market and allow it to rise. Um, and usually what you see is um, when interest rates increase, uh, kind of puts the brakes on economic growth. And, um, and what do you it, mean? It almost I didn't always, see that at all in 2018. You wonder why they didn't see that last year, because that seemed to be the biggest catalyst for what happened in the fourth quarter of 2018, right? I mean, was, oh, absolutely. And I think that the markets told them with the start to 2019 that that's actually maybe a bit overdone. Yeah. Um, expectations. Yeah, well, financial markets are usually a leading indicator. They use that a little bit, but it's not the biggest. I mean, they, right. they look at uh, inflation and unemployment. So the employment mm-hmm. situation has still been just absolutely solid. Uh, unemployment at 3.7%. Um, you know, there, there really hasn't been a huge change there. The biggest thing that I've seen is a lot of talk in uh, corporate earnings releases about uh, the, the cost of labor increasing so uh, and that's usually one of the signs of inflation as well when you start seeing prices go up ultimately the business will pass it through to uh, to their customers mm-hmm. and um, you know that that's what uh, one of the first steps of inflation in most cycles anyway sure so uh, we're gonna take a real quick break right here uh, when we come back we're gonna give you a dog of the week and talk about a financial situation that uh, that we see clients in quite listening to Money Talk, stick around. This is the dog. The dog of the week. Dog of the week this week. It's, uh, 
pretty funny story. So, when did, you, you like that music? When did we retire the Baja men? The old, who let the dogs out? I didn't. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. Show. They're pretty good. Well, it is different. Well, yeah. I well. mean, you know, me, I've, I've been telling you, I'm a hipster. That's why I bring the radio in like this. Keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, switch it up. Exactly. I like it. Change I mean, is good. You know, I'm sitting in here with two millennials. Both of you bald. <laughs> both of you got a beard. I mean, this is, uh, I, I got to keep up. I'm, I'm trying to be hip. You get uh, you you'll get an invite to yeah. the club. I'm, if, I'm uh, trying to be woke. See. How about that? Yeah, Is that go. even more? You know, I think that's the hit. second time I've heard that on this show. <laughs> woke. woke. I could be lit, and I've yeah. never used the word woke. We gave him an well, urban, urban you dictionary. You better be careful. They'll take your jeep back if you <laughs> if you get too far away from being a millennial. You don't want to have that repossessed. No, we don't. Troy was recently gifted uh, an Urban Dictionary for his birthday. Oh, so wow. he got, you know, he's all Urban Dictionary. Using all kind of new there. words you don't know. Yeah, you don't. You know, some of that stuff yeah. you find is not a radio appropriate. But the the, the wokeness <laughs> and the fans are. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, over. I don't want to get too crazy. I, my, my children, who are eleven and fifteen, already think I'm an idiot. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I keep telling them. I'm, you got to be able to communicate with your teenagers, you know. That's that's absolutely. You're you're getting close I, to teenagers, oh yeah, right? I you just had one become become teenager. A teenager, how about that's that? Times. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, before you know it, you're going to be as hip as uh, as the grandpa millennial that mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, d- uh, Justin, in case you don't understand, uh, he's a grandpa millennial because he's like within three weeks or something right. of being yeah, a officially there. just just did a slide in. Yeah. And yeah. uh, definitely a Generation X right here. <laughs> but, hey, you know, That's I've never ridden a bird. I, I don't have a Jeep. I don't have a beard. Look, that, that's I mean, good to know, be on the cusp we won't hold of that against like you. That. That's but right. I'm, I'm trying. I, maybe I'll grow a beard later and buy me a Jeep. Well, Who knows? We can and, always do that. Go downtown and ride a, ride a bird <laughs> or a lime. <laughs> no, you know, there you go. The lime's where it's at. Is that it? Let's yeah, okay. not overdo well, it, though. Thanks, thanks for the information. You're welcome. I'll, I'll work on that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Dog of the week that we just absolutely over, overlooked almost. Uh, Beaverton, Oregon. This, uh, this story comes out of NPR. So uh, Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, police were called to a person's house. Uh, this person was actually at home. Um, it wasn't their home. They were a visitor, a guest in, in someone else's home. And uh, they'd gone out for a walk with the dog, came back and heard some kind of beating and banging in the house. Call the police. There's a burglar. That's a problem, right? Usually. Cops show up, storm the, the bathroom where this noise was emanating from, yelled, Police, sheriff's office, they did everything they knew. Said, we got a dog, we're going to turn it loose on you. I know exactly Still where this is Still beating and banging. Without even seeing that. I see they, it now. They slam open the door to find a Roomba. This is the, Somebody's no. turned the Roomba on. Daily it's part making of my noise. Life. Making they, that much noise? Making that much noise. It was banging against mm-hmm. the, the glass shower door and uh, wouldn't stop um, they just had the cleanest bathroom in the place, and uh, <laughs> Gosh, it's so the police had to go. I have come I mean, downstairs. this is a new technology. Yeah. I always love to herald new technologies and, and uh, the ways that they work, and sometimes don't. We've got one of these, and, and my wife has got it set because, you know, you can download the app for your phone, and she sets it to run at night, and, you know, it's... Uh, It'll do that, and then I come down in the morning and it doesn't look like it's ran at all, and come to find out it's stuck in the bathroom dead. It's died. No, you the know, battery died. It, yeah, something. it just ran all night long, banging around in the in the guest bathroom. And oh, does it make noise? That that yeah. would probably wake me up. I, I followed it in there. Yeah, it has woken me up before, and that's why some nights, you know, we actually changed it to run about eight thirty or nine when trying to get the kids up into bed, and 
I've, I've followed it into the bathroom before because I'm telling you this is more common than not. Like if I if we forget to close that bathroom door, it will be there the next just day. Just finds itself it in there. Yeah, apparently they love bathrooms. So who knew? Yeah, well, Maybe. it's kind of a it's kind of an artificial intelligence thing too, isn't it? It, <laughs> it tries to map out. Oh yeah, the floor it, of the gets home, so it gets smarter. It's it's very they the, the app tells you all about it, but they they learn your house over time, and it it just. It's crazy. But you've never had to call the police department on yours? No. No, because usually I just leave it dead. Well, if they showed up in Paulding County, would they even know what it was? Do they even have police in Paulding County? Do they even have electricity? Neighborhood watch. Okay. We're all we're all the police. Well, and maybe I'm an old school millennial, but <laughs> I actually call your neighbor? I have a sweeper. I just run it myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, old yeah. school maybe millennial. Me. How about I that? Drive a Jeep and I have a sweeper. He's yeah. uh, he's it's the easy. minimalist. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that's another theme of being a millennial. That is right? very true. Yeah. When you can clean it, when all you have to clean up is after yourself, that's fine. <laughs> when, when you, you got, hey, I have a wife and a dog. When you have a brood, <laughs> when you got a brood like Jared, yeah, uh, he's got a, yeah. all kind of. The Roomba is our best friend, other yeah. than when it does that crazy when stuff. The, the, the younger kids ride it or anything? No, they're scared to death of it. Oh. Well, at least you know my, my my youngest two, which are one and three, they hate it. Don't hate don't it. like the you Roomba. even bring it because they have names. You know, ours is they call her Roxy. A Roomba, you know, whatever. Bring the name up and... Oh, you say Roxy and they jump up on the couch. Like it's... They seem like they would be great in theory, but I'm kind of an OCD guy. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure every inch of the floor is clean. Yeah. And the only way I know that is if I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised the way that those things are designed. I mean, it is quite... I was wondering the same thing. Like, How can a circular every vacuum get... to the floor. Yeah, 90 degree turns in the kitchen... But it's the the way that it's you know you you'll if you see one in person you'll see what I mean but it, it definitely can reach most everywhere. Yeah, got a little uh, sweeper so. on the side that sticks mm-hmm. out, right? Yeah, huh. it just it's not That's real good cool. under tables. I mean, unless you're going to put your chairs up on onto the table, yeah. it has trouble there. But most I mean, everywhere else it seems wow. to. Yeah, it get pretty effective. Macaroni and cheese off the carpet, no problem. Mm-hmm. So I All guess right. the moral of that story is leave your doors open. Yeah. <laughs> I would uh, definitely, <laughs> except for the bathroom. That's right. That's the one you want to leave closed, unless you just have a really dirty bathroom, right. in which case. <laughs> Maybe you uh, want it in there. The Roomba will be your best friend. All right. Well, we've got a uh, financial situation we'd like to talk about. Not that the Roomba's not. A couple of months ago, I did answer a question about the Roomba and whether or not it was the, the best choice in the market. Uh, turns out there's lots of competition for that little mm-hmm. critter anyway. Yeah. Uh, but they are pretty cool. Part of the connected home that we have these days. And uh, while I, I choose not to uh, participate in a whole lot of technology and I have not succumbed to the Roomba, um, you know, I, I still think it's a pretty neat little machine. Mm-hmm. All right, so the uh, situation we've got today we'd like to talk about. Julian Luis, is it Luis, Luis, I don't know, L-O-U. Yeah, Louis, who knows? Louis, you yeah, know. I guess it could be any of them. Are mm-hmm. uh, roughly the same age, earn about the same. Their AGI is around $146,000. Uh, they've been saving about 10% of their 401Ks. Julie has almost $30,000. Louis, Louis, Luis has three hundred eighty-five thousand. I did. I picked three. I'm the guy that can't make a decision. Uh, they know they want to start planning for retirement about ten years away. That's a, that's an important number that we talk is. about yep. a lot. Uh, with all their assets uh, currently tied up in 401ks, how do they plan for liquidity? So let's start out just by talking about our ten-year rule. It's what we talk about a lot around here. Um, basically, any assets that you have that might be needed for spending for whatever in the next 10 years, if you know that they're 
they're going to be spent. Uh, what we recommend is removing them from the equities market, get away from the volatility of the S&P 500, put them in a bond. Now, you heard me say bond is our mm -hmm. default preference. Right. But when you've got a 401K, you don't often have choices where you can buy individual securities. You wind up buying pooled assets, like a mutual fund is probably the most common. And, mm -hmm. Justin, I know you deal with this all the time. Jarrett, uh, you deal with the financial planning side probably more than Justin does. So yeah. what is the answer here? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from, from that perspective, the, the funds, if that's what you're forced to use, then they certainly – uh, would would be sufficient for purposes of liquidity planning because again to your point Troy the the purpose is to not be f the purpose of the ten year rule that is, is is not to be forced to sell equities in a down market and so right. if your exposure is not to equities you know you, you probably won't suffer as badly in a down market and therefore won't be subjected to having you know or, or being forced to sell in a down market so but with the bond funds that typically are, are the only options that we have in our four hundred one ks they don't have maturity dates. So they're, they're, the individual securities that comprise them may have a maturity date, but right. the funds themselves do not, and that's what makes it challenging is because those funds without a maturity date are essentially impossible to match with the liquidity need that you have. So let's say, to you know, again, your, your example here, if, if you had a $50,000 need in 2022, ideally you'd want to find the most optimal fixed income security you could, but, you know, put $50,000 into that so it matures in that year and you've got the money you need regardless of what's happening in the market. And you know the amount of that cash flow and the timing of when you'll receive it. Absolutely. Makes financial planning a whole lot easier. Yes. So not only do you, you lose that ability by having a fund that is, is pooled uh, together with, you know, these, these individual securities, but also the funds have something they call duration, and it's extremely important when it comes right. to, uh, you know, the the, the uh, sensitivity to interest rates. Well, and, and not only is. duration, and a lot of the plans that we will take over and see, there may be one bond option that's a high-yield option, which oh, is essentially like owning a stock anyway. It Absolutely. is, yeah. So are you better off owning higher. the high-yield you know, bond, or do you put it in a money market fund? And it's, yeah. that's a really good discussion. To have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. As as a fiduciary, you'd want to make sure that they had better options. Than exactly. That. And that's where Scott and I will come in and retool the lineup. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, let's leave that conversation for just a second. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll finish this thought. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Money Talks. Yeah, your money don't fold. Your money don't fold. We're back. Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Justin Wagner. Uh, we were covering a situation. Before I get into that, though, I'd like to give you an, a way that uh, you can contact us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have financial questions, you can uh, call our question hotline. Number is 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you uh, call, you get our recorded message, you leave your own recorded message, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. That, by the way, is also how you can get a hold of Justin or Jarrett. If uh, you have financial planning questions, 401K questions, uh, you can uh, ask Jarrett for the uh, 
financial planning questions, you can uh, ask for Justin if you've got 401k-related uh, questions. And then if you don't want to talk to a human being at all, you can uh, email us at drgene at hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, hensler.com. We've recently had a makeover of that, and it's uh, it's real um, yeah. Real uh, informative. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, information on there. If you have kind of a broad question about uh, anything financial or tax-related, we usually have uh, some sort of an article that you can click to and figure it out for yourself. If it's very specific, you probably are going to want to call us, though. Again, that number would be 770-429-9166. So, guys, uh, when we last uh, were talking, uh, we're talking about Julian. Luis, I'll just call it Luis. Uh, you guys have beaten <laughs> me into submission. Me. All right. Um, <clears throat> they uh, are preparing to retire. They're within 10 years of retirement. Um, and pretty much all they have is 401K money. They haven't saved, diversified. I mean, we like to diversify our portfolios. We also like to diversify the ways in which we save. So the accounts, uh, whether it be using a Roth, which, uh, you know, the money goes in after tax, but then it grows tax free forever mm-hmm. from then, uh, theoretically, unless the government decides it's going to change that. I guess I'm, I'm from that uh, don't trust the government X generation yeah. that uh, thinks that every step of the way they're going to pull the rug out from under me. But uh, anyway, a Roth, uh, a regular traditional 401k, an IRA, which gives you a little more options when it comes to uh, uh, the, the assets that you can invest in, individual securities, or a brokerage account if you haven't diversified in that way and you, all you have is a 401k. That's kind of where we were hanging out, uh, mm-hmm. answering a few questions, talking about, um, you know, fixed income. Yeah, how do you plan for liquidity? Right. And, you know, that's all you got. Planning is- for what we would call the 10-year right. rule, you know, if, if that's the only options you have. Now, now Justin, you talked about uh, some plans don't really have a very robust offering. Correct. And uh, that being the case, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, there are limited options in a lot of plans, and, you know, that's going to create some issues as to how do we go about planning for liquidity when, you know, that, for a lot of folks, that's the most optimal way to save with a 401, right? And and eventually you get to this place like uh, this couple here that is within a 10-year time frame of retirement, and the question of liquidity and how to properly plan for it arises and if that is the place that you've primarily saved all your life and is where the liquidity planning needs to be, it's a very, very challenging uh, topic because, you know, while a shortage of good options in the plan is certainly going to be one of the things that you might run into, you also are going to be in a place, if you don't have a self-directed option within your plan, which would simply be, uh, you know, a, an allowance of, uh, you know, the assets you have to be self-directed and, and therefore invested in individual securities, which not every plan has, unless you have that, you are going to be limited to those options that you have within the plan. And that's kind of where we left off, I think, last time, just talking about, well, if that's if that's where you stand, which I would say, and I don't know if you agree, Justin, but the where most people are, because I, while I do see some with self-directed options within their plans, the majority the, of plans do not have self-directed right. options. Yeah, and, because and, you open up a whole other can of worms mm-hmm. from a, fiduci- a fiduciary standpoint. Right. Yep. Again, yeah. and so most trustees, and most don't, trustees like don't want to go there. Yeah. Right. So, so that's going to probably limit you from being able to invest in individual securities. Correct. And then, without somebody like you or Scott. And and or or anybody for that matter, if they don't have someone that's advising them, the business owners that is, 
uh, as to you know what a proper lineup of fund options would be, you're going to find yourself in a place where liquidity planning is difficult. And so you also, though, and the reason we really do it is because you don't want to get to that first year of retirement and it be 2008 and you've got everything tied up in funds that nothing's maturing and maybe the interest rate environment or the market environment is not optimal that, you know, at least enough for you to want to sell any of those funds and start living off of the money which is why that 10-year mark really is important so we can start thinking about, okay, what does that first year of retirement look like and how do we make sure we're prepared and that we're not selling stocks or, or you know, funds that invest in stock right. in order to have the money we need in that first year to live off of. Well, and, and I keep coming back to this because we have a participant in a plan of ours who has an outside 401k plan he hadn't rolled over yet, and all of his money is in a high-yield bond fund. He was always under the impression, what's well, in a bond fund? It, yeah. can't right. lo- it can't lose money. Yeah. But he's seen that bond fund, that high-yield bond fund, be way more volatile. I said, you're basically owning equities. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, you're the taking volatility equ- equity in a, risk. In a, in a high-yield fund is definitely right. tantamount to, uh, to an equity-type risk right. yeah, profile. So what do you do? I think the, the bottom line is if you're going to be limited to the fund options that you have – Maybe stay away from the high yield stuff because it is going to be more volatile, more sensitive to definitely. Uh, all in my the, opinion, you know, yes. exactly. If that's the only option, yes. put it in a money market fund. Yeah, be a lot that's, safer. Because again, you got to keep in mind the goal here is to make sure you're not selling securities, um, whether it be a mutual fund, an exchange traded fund, or a bond fund, whatever it is, at a price that you don't want to sell it at, just because you're ready to retire and that's all that you've got in the plan. And right. that's that's really where our dilemma lies with the individual security versus the uh, fund lineup or the, the the balanced funds is because there's not a maturity date. Our preference would be with the 10-year rule to line the the maturity of these securities up with the expected liquidity need that, that year, but you can't do that. And so what we advise a lot of folks uh, is to just start gaining some fixed income exposure so that at the very least, you know, there's not going to be maybe as significant changes or impact uh, meaningful impact anyways uh, in the interest rate environment as there would be in a potential market environment where you're back in 08 and things are 50% of their fair value roughly and, and you got to sell at that, you know, at that kind of discount versus... You know, well, there, there's another thing you need to think of. Now, we talked about the reason that we do the 10-year rule is so you don't have to sell equities in a down market, right? Yep. Well, what happens when growth is good and expectations are high? Yields on bonds rise. What does that do to their value? <laughs> so we've just traded one dilemma for another, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, when when you're having to liquidate in uh, in in uh, not so tough times with a bond, you could see the values of those bond funds actually decline, and maybe not meet the the uh, expectations that you had for them initially. I, the one thing that I think, kind of the thinking behind our ten year rule is. Put your money on the sidelines where it's not volatile, but mm-hmm. we also want to invest it in something that actually achieves at least inflation-like returns. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because that's purchasing power. If you bury your money in the backyard, inflation still rages. Does what you are you losing good. right now? Right. 1.6, 1.7% annually? Yeah. That's your purchasing power going away. So we want to invest it in something that actually will give you the benefits of marking time or beating inflation so that your purchasing power, while that money is set in bonds or bond-like investments, doesn't go away. Yeah. Well, and look, if you're going to use these target date funds like Justin mentioned before, because they are good default options, if you're someone that's not going to look at the plan uh, at all and don't have an advisor that's going to help you do that, 
you need to at least make sure that through proper financial planning, you are picking a target date fund that's got, uh, I would say, uh, an appropriate allocation, maybe more so than just it being in relation to whatever. I even take that one step further, and we recommend this to everybody in our plans, and I say this in all the meetings. If you're approaching 10 years from retirement, we need to sit down and have a discussion because you don't need to be in a target date fund, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, Mm -hmm. because you want to control more of that fixed income, or money market exposure. And the best way to do that is through individual mutual fund selection within the plan. Right. Right. Not in a target date. Yeah. You just, you need to make sure you're not, see the target date funds, as I understand them, are going to be a lot more, they're, they're basing allocations based on the age it's and an how age close you are. Pl- right. hundred percent. You might have a 70 something that, you know, they're the, an appropriate allocation for them is 90% equities and 10%. They don't need the cash. Sure. Right, because right. They, they just have pensions and social securities and they don't need it. And so you don't, I don't think you pick the target date funds necessarily based on just your age alone. It's more going to be related to the liquidity needs. And then the underlying securities within those maybe is where you get into the, the deeper discussion about appropriate fixed income exposure. And is it high yield? Is it not high yield? Is yeah. it, you know, what's, what's the Target best? dates make the most sense for the 20s, 30s, and 40s who are nowhere near retirement, and they aren't going to talk to us and, and get advice and yeah, don't really want to. Right. That's what's best for them. Yeah, the more right. you plan, the more you'll realize that uh, uh, your financial situation is unique to you. <laughs> exactly and right. and what they true. try to do with those target date funds is hit, uh, you know, it's a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's one-size-fits-all just based on your age, and it doesn't always work. Right. And, by the way, uh, there is some differentiation among those target date funds. Uh, if you don't believe it, you can go and look at their ratings That's on it. Morningstar, yeah. and some are a two-star and some are a five-star. Well, what makes that difference? Well, it's the way that they're laid out internally, and it's not going to be the same for every single plant. That's right. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some more financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. financial needs, this is Money Talks. Just when you guys thought that I wasn't as cool as I really am, brought it full circle go. with the Bruno Mars, man. Yeah. That How is about that? Yeah, you like really, that? Yeah. You are woke. That's I am. I'm almost lit. Oh. Yeah. I'm lit. Almost. Almost. Almost, okay. yeah. Uh, fire. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, is that enough of that? That's Y'all good. had enough of that? Yeah, proceed. All right. All right, well, uh, you're listening to Money Talks uh, and the goofiness that we are. I'm Troy Harmon here with uh, Justin Wagner and Jarrett McKenzie, and uh, we've been talking about uh, financial stuff. we got some client questions we'd like to answer, and we'd actually like to answer yours as well. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline, 1-855-429-9166. Leave your recorded message, including your question. We'll... uh, Play it on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, you can call and talk to a human being, maybe even our uh, radio show producer, Kelly Lynn. And uh, the number there would be 770-429-9166. Uh, same number you can get a hold of Justin for your 401k questions and uh, Jarrett for your financial planning questions. 
And you can also email us, drgenehensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can look for us on social media. We're all over the place, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. I don't know. Kelly Lynn's probably got a list of them over there. But uh, at least those three, and they're among the most popular, so I'll leave it at that. But um, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. All right, guys, we got a, a question this week from Naomi from Cartersville. It says, uh, my company allows us to do a 401k in-plan Roth conversion. Sounds like a foreign language to me. Uh, we just added the Roth 401k feature, and I'm trying to determine if I should do a conversion. So uh, details of the Roth versus the traditional. Maybe we could start there, Justin, and uh, then answer, answer the question. What do you think? Yeah, so in a 401k, what most people are used to is the pre-tax benefit of a traditional 401k. So you get your paycheck and you put money in before the taxes are taken out. So no tax on the investment, right. And that's a traditional. Right. And the Roth is? Just the opposite. The taxes are taken out on the front end, but it grows for however long till you retire and those contributions come out tax-free. Okay. So tax-free forever after you pay the tax to get it into the Roth IRA. Right. All right. So... What's the answer to the question? I'm trying to determine well, if I should do a conversion. What and, do you think? And for her, that there's a difference between an in-plan Roth conversion and having the Roth feature. Okay. So what she's referring to with the conversion is, hey, I want to take all of my pre-tax money that I have as a balance and convert it to after-tax. That Roth that money. I've already put into the traditional Correct. form of a 401 Which is a Correct. taxable event and a could be a significant one. taxable event. Yeah. Right. Depending on how long you've been saving, right? Correct. Or how well yeah. it's, it's performed. And, and the first thing I would say to Naomi is you want to talk with your CPA, and if you don't have one, you need to talk with one. Because if you have $100,000 that you convert into a Roth, if your plan even allows it, most plans don't even allow this feature. Okay. But even if it does... You've just increased your taxable income by $100,000 for the year. So what you're saying is they don't allow this feature, meaning they don't have a Roth 401k or that they don't, they don't allow, allow you to conversion. Conversion feature, correct. Okay. Yep. All right. So uh, is it common to see a Roth 401k, though? It is common. It's actually become much more common over the years. I think in 2010, only 45% of plans offered it. In 2017, the last number we saw was 70%. Wow. And look, yeah. it's, it's a no-brainer because, as Jarrett can go into more, we're living it right now where folks are getting a retirement and they have no tax-free money. Mm-hmm. And it forces them to right. withdraw only pre-tax money, which forces them into a bracket already. Yeah. Yeah, if you've only got, you know, one type of money, because, you know, like Troy mentioned earlier, I think, you, just like we want to diversify our investments, we want to diversify the, the tax status of our accounts. And if you don't have a diversity there, then you're really going to be limited in the flexibility to control your, your tax status in retirement. And so that's the biggest thing. But not only that, I mean, if you retired with a million dollars in your 401k and it's all tax deferred, well, for investment purposes, that's a million dollars. But for spending purposes... That's about 750 right. if you're lucky. I mean, exactly. that's, you know, 25% right. of that's going through a withholding. And people, I don't think people, that's that's not, it doesn't seem to be registering with them prior to retirement. That It's almost impossible to think of your money as after tax when oh, yeah. you know that it's going to be, have a tax hit coming out. Mm-hmm. You look at your account balance and it says $100,000, uh, and the reality of it, it's only, like you said, about yeah. 70000 worth mm-hmm. spending. Yeah. So, yeah. so tax man's going to take a big chunk of it. So you got to try to find a balance, though, because don't hear us say that you know you you want to 
do one over the other. It's more or less, you know, the, the benefit of tax-deferred growth is huge. You still want right. a, a good portion there. And, in fact, if you get a match through your employer, the match has to go to the traditional piece. Always. But, you know, with the Roth, I think it's smart to start accumulating those dollars so that they can grow tax-exempt. And that way, in retirement, you do have some option and can pull money from that bucket, if you will, uh, so that you're not forced to take everything tax-deferred. And it's also going to keep your RMDs lower, which require minimum distributions that you have to start taking at 70 and a half. Right, because there is no requirement that you take the money from the Roth. Roth yes, Roths have no required right. minimum distribution. Yeah, and the other thing that you, that you should know going into this, there is a decision process, obviously. And uh, Roth money, actually, if you assume that your current tax rate is lower than your future tax rate, maybe in retirement, then... That's the wise decision to make. It's, oh, yeah. It really is. It shakes That's out based on the tax rate. Now, we can't tell the future. We don't know what tax rates are going to be in the future. But if you're at a very low tax rate yeah. currently, it probably is the wise decision to go ahead and pay the tax, right. put some money into the Roth, That's and then let it grow tax-free forever, wherein you, you are not taxed again on that money. Mm -hmm. and, and again... None of us know where tax rates are going, just, right. just like we talked about before. And, and both of them, neither one is better than the other, Roth or traditional. But if you're someone who, say you're in a lower tax bracket now and you have 20 or 30 years till you retire, put that money in Roth. Because odds yeah. are you will be in a higher bracket later on down the road when you retire, yeah. especially if you started saving. Well, to Troy's point, when, right. you're, when you're doing this, that's, what, that's the question you're trying to answer. Do I pay the tax now? Do I pay it in retirement? Where do I think I might be then relative to where I'm at now? And if you don't know, you can always split them up. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's why we got this crazy eight ball right here. Right. You get you one of those, and you tell you exactly. You get the allocation and everything. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, you got an eight ball, man. You got the world by the tail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a replacement it, for the crystal ball. Yeah, no doubt. Pick and, investments. and to Jared's, or Justin's point, earlier we were talking about, uh, you know, even if they don't have an in-plan conversion option, they probably have a Roth option. So yeah, right. you, can, you can do this. You can start diversifying your savings, even if you can't do an in-plan conversion. Correct. And yeah. pay all the money that would be due to Uncle Sam. Yeah. All right, so uh, we got another question here. Cristiano from Kennesaw says, I'm graduating soon, and uh, I've started talking to different companies about what they can offer me for my career growth. Uh, basically job fair stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my uh, professors said that uh, we should ask about the retirement benefits package. How do I compare them? That's a pretty big question, right? Especially very. for young folks, it's it's very pertinent. And uh, since we are the, the show for millennials, uh, including <laughs> myself, and uh, why in the world wouldn't we be asking this question right now? Yeah. Well, I think we all have a tendency to focus on salary, right? And, sure. and that's where a lot of their heads are at is I'm looking at the dollars that they're willing to pay me. But if you're going to if you're going to get paid a lesser amount but have better health care, better, you know, retirement planning options, maybe you got a match in your 401k versus this other offer that maybe you got and they're going to pay you 10 or maybe 20 percent more even. But you get none of that. I can almost every time, nine times out of 10, I, I would say to someone, you should probably pick the one with the lower salary because I know all too well that the healthcare piece will blow it all up. And then even though you get more salary at the end of the year, you're you're at a, a, a worse place, I guess, because you don't have the healthcare. Yeah, it's access. a it's a really really Again, important. When, when you're young, the most the secret sauce to having that million dollars at retirement is start saving early. Yeah. So you want to work for a company that has a plan. For you to save in, period. Whether they offer a match or not, that's just a cherry on top. Sure. Mm -hmm. But for you to get into a plan at 25 and start saving $5,000 a year, mm -hmm. by the time you're 65, you will have millions of dollars saved up if you invest no, no. properly. Yeah. That's just math. Yeah. 
Well, and, and I mean, look, right now you would be much more limited by putting money into an IRA than you could through a plan. So yeah, that exactly. if you are a big saver, having one of those retirement plans would allow you to save more and, and more efficiently than you'd otherwise be able to do through just an IRA. So those benefits, and they go across the board from health care to retirement planning. To and like we were talking about with the Roth, you know, the income component of that as well. You know, mm-hmm. if you make north of a certain amount every year, you can't even contribute to a Roth IRA. In a 401k, you can make $500,000 a year, and you can max out your Roth 401k. You Big cannot deal. do that, and that's a huge that deal. That is a big that deal. Is, yeah, and even without a whole lot more analysis, I mean, you think about it, uh, a lot of those jobs that are going to pay you a lot of money are going to require you to work 80 hours a week. <laughs> right. you got to right. watch out for that one, too. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're up against... The end of our show. Uh, wish you all a happy Easter, and uh, thank you for listening to Money Talks. We'll be back next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.